Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the name of Jesus. And we're going to look at this uh, subject by reading together from Acts chapter 3 and verse 1 to 9. And this is the lovely story of Peter and John who heal a lame man at the gate beautiful. And in verse 1 we read in the Passion Translation, One afternoon Peter and John went to the temple for three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the beautiful gate. Now, in my Bible, I've got a footnote here, which I'd like to read to you. It says that the gate is also called wonderful in Aramaic. And Isaiah talks of Jesus prophetically saying, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor. So this beautiful gate actually points to Jesus Christ, who is the gate or entrance into the sheepfold of God. Furthermore, it hints of Ezekiel's temple in Ezekiel 47, which has a river flowing out from the threshold through the gateway of the temple. This river was first measured to be ankle deep, and this man, lame in his ankles, was healed by the spiritual river that flowed out the beautiful gate of Christ Jesus. The gateway opened up and the river poured out of Peter and John, bringing healing to this lame man. So let's carry on with our story again. And um, in verse 2 it says, They come to the entrance called the beautiful gate. They were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, Look at us! Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Peter held out his right hand to the crippled man. As he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned, and then began to walk around. As he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. When all the people saw him jumping up and down and heard him glorifying God, they realized it was the crippled beggar they had passed by in front of the beautiful gate. Astonishment swept over the crowd, for they were amazed over what had happened to him. Now let's look at some lessons that we can learn. Firstly, the lesson is that Jesus is the beautiful gate. It's through him that we have access 
to the Father, access to the kingdom of God, access to his blessing, healing, provision, protection. As believers, we have to remind ourselves that we live in a kingdom not of this world. It's incorruptible, unshakable, and unstoppable. Whatever is going on in our lives, whatever is going on in the world around us, we can choose by faith to live according to God's kingdom. We're in the world, but not of the world. The beautiful name of Jesus is the gateway into God's kingdom. In Matthew 12 verse 21 it says, In his name the nations will put their hope. And in Acts 4.12 it says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus is that beautiful name by which all mankind can be saved if they put their hope and faith in him. Amen. Now, that physical gate, the gate beautiful, was there in Jesus' day for all to see. But few realized that it prophetically pointed to Jesus as being the gateway to eternal life. Today, the history of Jesus' life, death and resurrection are still there for all to see. But it's only through faith that we have a personal encounter with Jesus and hear him calling to our hearts. In Jesus' day, many people must have passed through the gate beautiful, but without ever really seeing or understanding its significance. We, like them, can be so busy with our daily lives, the never-ending list of places to go and things to do, that we can miss Jesus in all the hustle and bustle of our lives. In Revelations chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says. And Jesus used this phrase many times throughout the Gospels. And here in Revelations, it is used to address each of the seven churches. Jesus was clearly showing us how vitally important it is that we hear him. And of course, Jesus is not just talking about our physical ears. He's talking about our hearts. That same passage in the Passion Translation reads as follows. The one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying now to all the churches. To the one who overcomes, I will give access to feast on the fruit of the tree of life that is found in the paradise of God. Let's look at some pointers that we can take out of this passage. In the middle of that passage, it says, to the one. To who? To the one. Now, we can also easily say, well, yes, I'm part of a church. My family are Christians. My parents are Christians. 
Maybe you've had a Christian upbringing. But it comes down to your relationship with God. Nobody else can do that for you. We each have to choose Jesus for ourselves. This scripture also gives us insights into two key characteristics of the one who overcomes. The first one is a heart that's open to God. And the second is they listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying. And for me, that listening carefully speaks about our setting our hearts and minds, setting our focused attention on Jesus, putting time aside to listen carefully to what the Spirit of God is saying to each of us, is saying to our families. I want to speak to you now about uh, when is faith for? If we have a look again at our story from Acts chapter 3, the reality is the crippled man who lay at that gate was crippled from birth, which means that he had probably begged at the temple throughout the ministry of Jesus. Of course, Jesus went to the temple. Why didn't Jesus heal him? Well, we don't know for sure, but perhaps it was because he wasn't ready. But on that day, when Peter and John saw him, they heard the Spirit of God speak to them, and I believe they heard in their spirits God say to them, This is the day. They stopped and gave the faith command. Peter created a faith opportunity for that lame man. He said, look at me. And he spoke directly to that man and stretched out his hand for the man to grab so that Peter could assist him and pull him up. Peter gave the faith command. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. Faith is for the now. They stopped and gave the faith command when the Spirit of God moved them. Everybody who's listening, say with me, this is the day. Do you know that there's never a better day to turn to Jesus, to respond to Him, than today? Faith is for now. Hebrews 11, 1 even says, Now faith is. That crippled man received his miracle because Peter and John were there. Although Jesus had been to the temple many times, he healed that man through the faith and obedience of Peter and John that day. Jesus still has unfinished business and he's given it to us to do. Most of us, if we're honest, well, we may think that's great, but I don't feel capable. But Jesus is not asking if you're capable. He's asking if you're available. 
Have you ever figured out the qualification criteria Jesus used to select his disciples? <laughs> well, nobody else has either because it certainly wasn't based on rank, title or suitable past experience. And this is actually good news for you and I. God called Joseph when he was in prison. He called Moses when he was exiled in the desert. He called David as a shepherd. He called Jeremiah as a self-conscious young boy lacking in confidence. He called Nehemiah as a cupbearer to a foreign king. He called Matthew as a despised tax collector. He called Peter as a hot-tempered, impetuous and impulsive fisherman. Stop dismissing yourself based upon how capable you feel and make yourself available. God did more with a humble shepherd boy than with an army of trained, battle-hardened warriors. God did more with a hot-tempered, impetuous, impulsive fisherman than with all the studied and qualified scribes and Pharisees. God doesn't care how much you have. He cares how much you're willing to let go of. He doesn't care how much you know. He cares that you're willing to listen and obey when he speaks. You might be saying, well, yes, Brett, but I feel so unworthy. Well, that's what you get for thinking about yourself all the time. When, you take your, when we take our eyes off our sins and past failures and put them on Jesus, you'll realize you're forgiven. On the day Jesus was crucified, two other men were crucified with him. One on either side. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. That's from Luke 23, from verse 39. Perhaps at times you felt like you couldn't come to Jesus because you deserved your pain and suffering. But that's the entire point of grace. Jesus took on himself the punishment we so justly deserved so that he could give us the grace that we didn't deserve. In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, there's this beautiful passage where it reads, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. Your sin doesn't have to stand between you and God anymore. Your sin 
cannot stand between you and eternal life. God has made a way. He's taken your sin and your shame upon himself on the cross. He has forgiven your sin and made a way for you to step out of the kingdom of this world and to step into the kingdom of light. God's got good things in store for you and I. His promise is that if we are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. He has good things in store for you and I. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you have made a way for us. Lord, that gateway at the temple was called the beautiful gate. And Jesus, we acknowledge that you are the gateway for us to step from a life of sin and shame and into the eternal kingdom of light. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that you have saved us and set us free. Lord, we place our faith and our hope in you. And we declare that you are King of Kings and you are Lord of Lords. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe, and why not share the message with a friend?